Do Good Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we're going to meet Keith Cradle, the founder of Camping with Cradle. So, Keith, I'm so happy that you're here today. Um, let's jump in and explain what Camping with Cradle is. Well, first, thank you for having me on. Um, and so, you know, to get right into it, Camping with Cradle is an initiative that we use to take young boys and young girls camping, backpacking, hiking for the first time. Um, it's one of those opportunities where we recognize that, you know, there are underserved communities. When we think about outdoor and recreational based activities, you know, where do they find them? Where do they fall in? And so traditionally, you know, camping, backpacking, hiking, people think of that, you know, as something that white people do. And, you know, we, we were saying like, no, nah, that's not it. I've been, you know, an avid backpacker camper for over 20 years. I was a camp counselor, you know, growing up in New York. And so the outdoors always resonated with me. And so as I got to Charlotte, it was about where do you find, you know, those opportunities to do the same thing. And, and I think um, part of it is this, you know, just the rise of social media. So where people now have insight into your life and seeing the things that you're posting. And so as I was posting things on Instagram, Facebook, folks were like, oh, my God. Like, you know, first off, they look at the views. You know, when you get to the top, you know, of a mountain or whatever that is, they think that's amazing. And then they, they ask, how did you do it? And usually, well, you know, you got to hike up to the top or we backpacked for a couple of days, you know, 20 miles in. So it's, it's that kind of conversation that sparks people's interest. And then, and then for me, it was recognizing that I was, as I was out there with friends, you know, that I was usually probably the only black person out there. Um, and you find yourself saying, well, you know, not just, you know, not so much intentionally thinking about it, but you just notice it. And so it was like, okay, how do I provide that opportunity experience for other folk. Um, the first iteration came through my former job with the sheriff's office. And so, you know, when Sheriff McFadden came on, he asked me, he said, you know, what, what have you been doing that you haven't been able to do here and all the time that you've been here? I said, well, I would love to provide these kids with an experience to show them how to camp. And so while it was a detention center, we knew they couldn't leave the facility. We still had an outdoor space that we could use. And so that's where it started. And so we started, you know, kids in detention, you know, learning how to put up tents, you know, what is a backpack, you know, what do you use it for, all these, you know, basically a 101. And and I was calling it a summer camp experience, but the sheriff said, he said, nah, you need to call that thing Camp Cradle, man. I said, are you sure? He's like, yeah, go for it. And so that was the first iteration. And then, you know, as the summer hit and as COVID hit, you know, I was back out on the trails and people were seeing that. And so I had, you know, again, you know, friends, mothers, you know, people who knew that I was working with kids in our community through the detention center asking, like, hey, would you take my son or door to camp? And at first I was like, mm, not really, because, you, you know, the last thing you want is a kid to go jumping off a cliff. And, you know, they're like, oh, my God, I'm <laughs> responsible for that kid. And so you kind of put it off. But, you know, that call just keeps getting louder and louder and you can't run from it or ignore it. And so I decided I talked to a few friends of mine. I said, hey, listen, what do you think about? us, you know, doing this thing and, and making it official, doing a, you know, a nonprofit around it. And, it. and it just got so much great reception, you know, from that inner circle that I kind of knew that we, you know, we had something going. Um, and so, you know, I put the paperwork in 
And then, you know, we formed a board of some amazing folk who love the outdoors. And, um, you know, Ashley Mahoney, who's with The Post at the time, you know, Ashley wrote the first story. We hadn't even did an experience yet. And Ashley, because she's also an outdoor enthusiast, you know, she saw the benefit in what we were trying to do. And she said, you know, I want to do a story. And I said, you know, Ashley, we, we haven't started yet. She said, it doesn't matter. And so it was from that first story that other stories followed, and then people started recognizing, okay, this is this is happening. And then we got our first donation, and then I kind of knew I had to do it at that point. Like now you got somebody's money, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and but it all just started very organically. And then you know, so last year was our first year. Um, we took out 25 kids, um, and you know, these are kids who have never you know spent the night outside before, who've never camped before, who've never. They, they probably walked four miles at a time, but don't think that they've done that. And so when you tell them, you know, the hike is going to be four miles, they look at you like you're nuts. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here was an opportunity to do that. And so we look at, you know, a couple of pillars. One, you know, the, the diversification, you know, of the outdoor space. Like I said, you, you, you really bump into a lot of faces, black, brown, minority, you know, that are doing it. Then the access. We, we, we thought about, one, you know, North Carolina's got some amazing state parks, but some of the best ones are usually two, three hours away, even some of the national forests. And so how do you close that divide to get kids in that space? Also, when it comes to cost, you know, and that can be a big barrier for a lot of activities. I, you know, I tell people, if you love any hobby, it can get expensive. If you like to play tennis, bike, swim, fish, if you love it, it starts to get costly. And the same with outdoor backpacking, camping, and hiking gear. So slow down for a second, because you're like... I have a lot of questions, <laughs> but first you said, um, you got into hiking and camping. How old were you when you started? I had to be about 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and what, so what does that look like? Um, you know, it starts off, you know, back in, you know, at the back of the car and, and you're driving into some of these parks, you know, with my aunt or cousins and, and it starts small. I tell people sometimes you just need a warm introduction and it starts with just, you know, a blanket, you know, a picnic and, just walking around the park. But then you start, you know, as you get older, you're like, okay, there's more to this thing. And then you meet people and you see, you see things on television. You're like, oh, wait a minute, These, that's a whole hike. Wait a minute, they got bags for that? They've, oh, they got equipment for that. And then when I became a camp counselor all through high school, it was like, okay, now, you know, you're not only a certified lifeguard, you know, but you're doing all these other activities that are recreational. And so it was just there. And, and again, you know, people don't think, of, particularly growing up in New York, people only think of New York as the city. But New York as a state is huge, and it is covered in green. But people don't know that because they only concentrate on the city. So, okay, I'm not a camper. Um, I, I'm, I've dabbled in hiking. Um, but I would not know the first thing to do. And, and then, like you said, taking kids, it's one thing if you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So what would you think, like, for a beginner, what, do they, what, are, you, what are you showing these kids? What are you teaching them? So, you know, I, I think it starts with a basic 101, um, and you want that warm introduction, no pun intended. You only do it in the summer. I tell you, know, I'll, I'll camp backpack, you know, throughout the, you know, all 12 months. But for kids who've never done it, you start them out when the weather is perfect, it's gorgeous, it's 90 degrees, it's 70 at night, and you're comfortable because you're going to be outside. Um, so, you know, one, it starts with the gear. You know, so that's clothing, depending on, you know, again, temperature, you know, season, and so you want to be comfortable, comfortable pair of shoes. Um, if you're going to hike, 
then make sure the pack fits, make sure, you know, it's weighted properly and then shelter, you know, and learning how to put up a tent, how to sleep in that tent. Um, and all these things we do um, prior to the experience because you have to practice. Like anything else, you want to practice it. You, you won't want folk out there fumbling around and they don't know what they're doing because they haven't practiced. Um, even for me, you know, to this day, I'll never leave the house without first setting up my gear, practicing with it, making sure, you know, that no holes in the tent, make sure the tent pole's not bent or broken. You go through that process as a checklist all the time because you want to be prepared just in case, or you don't want to leave the house and you get there and all of a sudden you recognize, oh, there's a hole in the tent. Well, it's too late now. So you took, you took 25 kids. You've done this already. Um, what was that like? Were they like thrilled or was there lots of complaining? I mean, I, I, I have a teenager. They are not happy people so all you the know. time. Um, so what you, yeah, what does that look like? It's a, it's a little <laughs> bit of both. I, you know, they, I think like, like all children, you know, they go through these stages of grief to happiness back to <laughs> depression. And so, you know, they, I think, you know, as we were taking them out. All in an hour. Oh, all, yeah. <laughs> so as you're taking them out, they're excited. It's like, oh, yeah, they're talking, can't wait to get there. And then it becomes more about the food. Like, when are we eating? And then it's like, well, wait a minute. It's hot. Can I, I don't want to move. Like, well, no, we got to do this. Well, what time are we getting up? You know, and, but there's, I think there's still a, a an excitement that they keep with them because they're always thinking about what's next. I think the hard part is at night, and I, and I tell folk all the time that you may know dark, you know, in your neighborhood because of you know, but that has ambient light, street lights. There's always a car driving down the street, so you it's dark, but it's not you know pitch black forest dark where if you don't have a headlamp or a flashlight or a campfire, you probably couldn't see you know two to three feet in front of you. And then it's the noise. And so, again, while you're used to cars and sirens and, and anything else and air conditioning, whatever, now it's, you know, cicadas, crickets, any little thing that moves in the bushes. And so kids who are the hardest city kids in, in their mind anyway, you know, um, you put them in the woods, you put them, you know, outdoors at night. I've, I've seen kids turn into kids that fast. I mean, everything is scaring them. Like, wait, what is that? They're so jumpy. And you just laugh. I laugh about it because you realize it's, it's, it's nothing. But they don't know that. And I think it, it gives them that, that experience of, you know, one, you're not in control. Nature is going to do whatever nature is going to do. The other side of that is that, you know, everything that we have with us, you're going to be okay. We're going to survive. It teaches those survival skills, mm -hmm. something that a lot of people are not learning these days. Camping, hiking teaches all of that. You know, I tell you, if the power goes out in your house right now, are you done for good? No. The same with backpacking. Everything in that sack has everything you need to get through one night, two nights, heck, you know, five nights. So you start to learn that all this extra stuff you think you need, you really don't. And even down to, you know, whether that's first aid. So, you know, in case you cut, scrapes, bruises, it's going to happen. Teenagers, you know, they come back with a, a broken arm and yeah, you just were in the room for five seconds. Like, what happened? <laughs> but all these things are great skills, great motivators, great social aspects in terms of, you know, their phone probably won't work. after you, Once you start getting high in that elevation, that phone's probably going to quirk out. So that's done. So there's no more texting, you know, no more trying to call. And then the phone becomes really just a camera. And, and then they start, you, you start watching them document this experience through taking those pictures. But now they also have to communicate and talk to each other. Because who else are you going to talk to? 
because now, you know, it's not here anymore. It's now this person sitting across from you, whether that's at the fire, that's on the trail. And then I think the last part is watching them develop that, you know, that, that teamwork to get each other through that hike. You know, we all know that, you know, while we're walking, you know, on a slight incline, everybody's going to be on the same, you know, pathway. But as that thing starts hitting some switchbacks, starts going up in elevation, there are some kids who probably are, you know, more, you know, athletic than others, and, and they'll start to leave some of the other kids behind. But it's in those other kids who stop, wait for the other young men to get on and come on up. It's the encouragement, the speaking life that they speak into each other. And, and you start seeing all that just happen without you having to do a thing. So is this a weekend event that they're doing and then do do they get to do it more than once so we do we, we just we cater experiences to, to the group or to the individual so it could be one day or or a weekend just depends on what that parent or that group has time for um so like tomorrow we're going down to south carolina taking a group of six so that'll be a weekend friday saturday and bring them back sunday um, but I've taken kids out you know on a one day backpacking you know just for one day you hike them up five miles um, you set up you know, dinner and hike them back out the next day. So it just depends, uh, again, on what the experience is and what they're looking for. And yeah, any kid, if they want to do it again, they can. Um, I, you know, I, I say this, I've had kids who say they love it and will love to do it again. And I've had kids tell me it sucks and they hate it. It doesn't matter to me. I, I think it's the fact that now they've had the experience, they can speak to that experience. When someone asks you the question, have you ever done something? I always hate hearing when someone hasn't done a thing, like, like, no, I've never done that. I don't think I would want to do that if I've never. Well, how do you know you don't want to do something until you've tried? And um, when you think about some of these kids, you said it's girls and boys or young men, young women. Um, when you think about them, who, who do you see? Who are some of the stories where Okay, maybe they were scared to death of, about you know a rabbit running by or something like that, but they don't know what it is, you know, right? right? Um, to them, coming back down and you know having that sense of accomplishment, like. I mean, I think about all of them. You know, you know the, the young men and the young women. Given the fact that you know it, it's a first time experience. Again, if you've never slept outside, and and right sleeping outside because you want to. Not because you have to, I, you know, and, and that's the, you know, that's the, the old joke about camping. Like, you know, people are being homeless on purpose. Like, why are you outside? But it's, you know, if you've never done that and, and you have to convince someone that they're going to be okay, you know, that the tent will hold. Um, if you do the tent check right, you know, make sure there are no spiders, no insects in there before you go to bed, you know, check that sleeping bag. You're going to be fine. Um, and even, in, even, you know, the sun will come up. 6 a.m., you know, it's going to be fine. And so I, I think about all those kids and, and the fact that they put their trust in us to take them out and get them back safely. I think that's, you know, that, that's the biggest takeaway you can ever have, that, that folk trust you enough to take care of them or their children, you know, they're most, one of the most precious resources, to take them out where they've never been. And particularly, I, I think about, you know, those rural communities. And so, you know, again, we think about North Carolina as a state, and we think about Charlotte, Raleigh, Greensboro. But Charlotte, I mean, North Carolina as a state is pretty rural. You start going out further and, and being able to go past the limits of Charlotte, you know, places you've never been, to visit a state park. Um, again, I think, you know, when, I, when they all leave from that experience, I, I believe they're all the better for it. And, they'll, and, and, of course, the parents will email me and say, hey, you know, he's still talking about that thing. That's what you want. You know, even though they complained the whole time. The whole time. 
now they're telling their mom or dad like like it was the best thing ever and that's what you want you know you don't always have to you know be the person that's going to grow you know that plant to full maturity you can plant the seed and you can do the watering whatever that is whatever your part is we just want to be the part that we do oh it has to be a huge sense of accomplishment whether it's getting to the like you said the view is is your reward sometimes but then even same thing when that sun comes up the next morning and you survive the night like that's that has to be huge oh yeah i mean you know they say the best views are at the top and they i mean and they say that for a reason but there's also a, a journey in that to right. get there and i think that's you know that's a part of you know that development that that we all will go through things it's not going to be easy but when you get there you're like, man, I, I, if you had stopped and you wouldn't be able to, and I've, I'm, trust me, I, you know, in 20 years, there have been plenty of days as, as we're going up, um, I wanted to quit. I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. Like, how much further? And, and so some of my good friends who know me, who, who I go hiking with all the time and backpacking with, they know to lie to me now. It's like, oh, we're like half mile, half mile <laughs> left. And it's really, so you get to the half mile, you're like, huh? Oh, no, no just, a, just another half mile. But we all go through that. We all, you know, have times you just want to stop, you just want to quit. But learning how to push through, and and when you get to the top, when you get to wherever that is, you're like, man, if I would have quit, I would have never seen this. And those moments stay with you forever. 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 When we get back, we'll hear more from Keith about how you can help him with kids hiking and camping. Today, we're going to be talking with Melissa Hovey of Share Charlotte. So, Melissa, tell me about Share Charlotte and what you're hoping we can do together at Do Good Charlotte. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. So, you know, Share Charlotte was created almost 10 years ago as a place for the community to find and connect with nonprofits. And so, we are so thrilled to hear what you guys do and talking about spreading the word of how people can do good. So, um, we love that connection. And, you know, what we're hoping to do is let your listeners know about different nonprofits over, you know, that they can get connected to, they may not already know about, and the things they do, the impact they make, and how the community can help them. Tell me about your hashtag, hashtag spotlight on CLT. <laughs> yes, spotlight on CLT. Well, we created that because we have almost 600 nonprofits, and so it's really hard to talk about all of them all the time. So we created monthly themes so that we can um, talk about them dedicated to different months. So, for example, this month is about the great outdoors. So we're really highlighting nonprofits that um, really help make our city more beautiful and make it inviting for the community to come out outdoors. Um, and so um, that's our theme for this month. Next month, we're focused on military veterans. So we really try to be very uh, focused. Our goal is to educate the community on who those nonprofits are and how they can connect with them. Exactly. And that's our goal, too. We want to educate people about what's happening here, all the good. There's so many good people in our community. We just got to get them all connected, right? That's what Share Charlotte is. That's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. So sharecharlotte.org. That's how they can find you. And they can also search on social media, hashtag spotlight on CLT. Yes. I want to give a big thanks to Share Charlotte. You can hear about other groups doing good by following their hashtag, Spotlight on CLT. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. So, Keith, you were talking about how you've already taken some kids and you're going to be taking some more. What are you giving them in this experience? What do they get? Um, like, 
monetarily or items-wise? So what we're building towards is that for every kid that goes backpacking, they can keep the backpack and all the essential equipment. Um, again, we, we know how costly this stuff can get. Um, you know, you got you know backpacks that can cost upwards of $300, um, tents $300, $400, $500, sleeping bags the same. So we know that, that that equipment cost can can get pretty exorbitant. And so we want to make sure that, you know, as the years go by, as we build, you know, this out, that kids who go backpacking can keep the essential gear. So that what they call the big three, the tent, the sleep system, um, you know, and, uh, and the backpack. And so that allows them that opportunity to go whenever they want. And they don't have to go looking for equipment. They don't have to go buying equipment. And on top of that, it's quality gear, you know. Um, and so we want to make sure that we provide that to kids. They get to keep a journal. So we have them journal um, each night that they're out. And so they'll keep that journal. And they'll talk about that experience as well. Um, and again, there's no cost to the kids to do this experience. And, and that's what we want to continue to maintain, that any kid that wants to go has an opportunity to go at no cost. And how do they find you? Just head up to the website, uh, campingwithcradle.org, um, or Kay. Instagram, uh, at campingwithcradle. Yep. And um, if people follow you on Instagram, I'm sure they get to see some really cool stuff. Sometimes. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's not I, – I, the funny thing about social media is, you know, we, we glamorize the things that we want to. But, you know, I, I think as we, you know, as we go through this year, I, we're going to show some of the other sides, too, that, you know, that things do happen. Um, it's ironic that it's raining right now. So imagine, you know, if we had started this hike, what, an hour ago, it was sunny, and now all of a sudden the bottom lets out. You still got to keep going. And that's the other side people don't show you. They just show you the top, the sunlight, the sunrise, you know, oh my God. Not the, the time it took to get there or something broke or, you know, we, I forgot some food. You know, whatever that is, you know, we all make rookie mistakes um, no matter how long you do this. So, you know, we're going to start showing some of that too. That way people know that, you know, it, it happens and you get through it and you live to see another day. Right. I mean, I think any any event planning, any it, there's always going to be a mistake. It's it, the question is is how do you adjust for That's it? That's right. Right. That's right. Um, and so those are life skills that they will gain even if they never go again. But they're going to have them the everywhere. Right. You can use those life skills anywhere. So how can people support you doing this work? Because it sounds like you're giving a ton of your time. Yeah. Um, so you know, we just like anyone else, we you know we need monetary donations to keep going again to fund these trips. Um, particularly for food now with gas, you know, costs, you know, sky high. Um, so monetary donations or if people have gear that they want to donate um, to us and we can give that to kids, preferably new or used, um, but slightly used, not to the point where we got to repair it and fix it back up. Um, or, you know, we, we, we do look for volunteers at times, um, but we have a, a, a thorough background process given we're working with people's children. Um, so if they pass that and if they are an avid camper or hiker and they want to join us, then, you know, we're open to that as well. Oh, that's fun. So if, if they're, not me, but somebody who... We'll get you. I think the way you're talking about it, I think that um, we're going to get you out there. I, I've never been in a tent. I and don't think I could handle... You can. Anytime no, you say you can't, you can. Right. I'm just, with, I'm, just I, I'm thinking about the poor kid who's scared, um, because that would be me. I, I relate very much to that. Um, and so, well, I think that's awesome if people can donate um, if, if they don't have, you know, they don't have gear to donate um, they can donate money. So for someone like myself who has never bought a tent, you were saying it's like $300, $400. So like that would be a great donation for, for that. Mm -hmm. Also too, like gas, like if you're where, how far are you going um, with some of these kids? So, yeah. So you think about it again, you know, if, if some of those parks, you know, 
South Mountains is probably about an hour and 35 minutes. Um, if you start going further out, Grayson Highlands, places like, you know, you're talking about three hours, you know, two and a half, three hours. Um, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to get them as far away from Charlotte as possible. They know Charlotte, but they don't know North Carolina. And, and I think, again, our state park system is amazing. Their parents have paid. We've all paid for it. If you live in North Carolina and you pay taxes, then you have paid for those state parks, so you better use them. And, and I think there's nothing better than giving kids that opportunity to go to a park that they paid for but didn't think they'd probably ever know about or see. And even in that, you know, you can get some, we get the brochures, we talk about the park while we're there, so they know the history, the context of that park. Um, and recognizing that a lot of these parks have been around for a long time. And, and there might have been some opportunities where black folk couldn't go to those parks. And, and here you are. Um, and so there's a, lot of, there's a lot, you know, that's embedded and cooked in some of those conversations. Um, and we make sure that we give them that context and they understand that, you know, this is, you know, this is not just a, you know, a privilege. This is, this is your opportunity and a right for you to be inside these parks. And we're going to give it to you anyway, by any means necessary. So I'm sitting here thinking about those conversations. They must be really dynamic. That, um, so if they don't want to hike, maybe uh, they're not excited about it. But then when they're saying, like, no, I have to hike, like, I need to do this. You should want to do this. Right. Um, and, and I think, you know, a, a big part of it is, right, it's just, it's just when they see um, a part of that, that, that group concept, that we're all here together and we'll get you through it. You know, and again, part of that, that history, that context, um, because I, I tell people historically, when you think about, again, where these parks are, you know, they're in rural North Carolina. And so some of those were sundown towns. So, so black folk could only be there when the sun was up. And then you think about going through even today, like this is not 1922. If you go through some of these, these counties, you're still going to see a Confederate flag. You know, it might not feel good to drive through that. And, and I can understand why a family would say, I'm not going there. Why? You know, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable. And, and what I'm trying to tell them is that, you know, we're going to go, we're going to be comfortable because you belong here and you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. This is what we're here for. We're here to access this park, go on a great hike, have a great camping experience and get you back home. And, and there, that's all it is to it. Um, I, I just, th- I'm just thinking about how lucky those kids are to have you. I appreciate it. Um, and I, not everybody takes their gifts and uses them and, and shares them with others. And so I want to say thank you for doing that. And um, at the end of the day, when you get back, like, how does it make you feel to see, you know, just everything that they're accomplishing? Or when that mom writes you and says, they're still talking about it. I mean. Yeah, when I, when I get back, I'm tired. Um, and, <laughs> but it's also, you know, I got to wash gear. You know, you got to do all the other things. When I get back, I'm not even thinking about, about them so much. It's just like, okay, I got to get all this stuff back, um, clean storage, and then I got to take a shower, whatever it is. But I think, yeah, you know, weeks later, days later, when you get, you know, those texts or emails, you just know you're doing the right thing. Um, and, and, and I learned this a long time ago. Whether you do it for one person or a thousand people, you do the same thing all the time. You do it with consistency. You do it with love. Um, and you do it with gratitude. And so it's, it, whether they write you or not, it's, I, I don't even think about that. It's the fact that we did it. The kids, the kids had the experience. We were able to do it. There was a community of folk who helped make it happen. That's what I think about, that we have the opportunity to do it. So how do they find you again? So just head to the website, campingwithcradle.org, or at Camping with Cradle on Instagram. Camping with Cradle. cradle. And yep. how do we spell cradle? C-R-A-D-L-E.
All right. Thank you so much for being here. Do you know someone else like Keith who is doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. A big thanks to Share Charlotte. You can hear about other groups doing good by following their hashtag, Spotlight on CLT. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it.